playing at Radio Row in Arizona. It's Cofield and Company. The uh, cavalcade of stars continues. Kenny Main, certainly with local ties, former UNLV quarterback and working with Seizures, is up with Cofield and Company. Uh, right out of the gates, you made the request to stand. I stand for all of my shows in studio. Yeah. So I've actually been lazy in sitting. I, don't I, don't like, like, I actually don't like sitting. I don't like even sitting for dinner half the day. No, I got a ruined <laughs> ankle. stand for dinner? Part of mine is you're seeing this leg brace somewhere. And yeah. In fact, they like to call it a device because a brace, you can get a brace at Costco. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I almost clubbed a girl in the head. <laughs> Be careful. It could have been bad. Um, by girl, I mean woman. I yes. Just came out that way. We'll, we'll scratch all this. Eh, that's fine. Dump it. Dump it. Okay, start over then. No, no, no. I don't think I said anything wrong. <laughs> no, you're good. I call guys, guys, and girls, girls. I call yes. my wife girls. We're old school. So, um, yeah, I broke my leg at Oregon, 1980, last play of a game. It wasn't great. And then all these years later, I got this messed up ankle yeah. that doesn't work well. But the good news is I found this device in Gig Harbor, Washington, and now I can move around pain-free like it's crazy. And Gretchen and I, my wife, started a foundation called Run Freely, runfreely.org. And we raise money and we get these on the feet and legs of veterans so they can move pain-free. And otherwise you'd be in, in some trouble. Well, it's not that I couldn't, like I could put on flip-flops right. and not be in pain. If I wear regular shoes and had a long work day, I'm icing, I'm elevating, I'm, yeah, every ass. day it's like therapy. Whereas if I wear the brace device, I'm not going to have that problem. It might swell up a little, but it's, I mean, it's been an absolute miracle. So you played high-level sports. You know about injuries. You're just talking about one. How do we put into perspective what LeBron James did last night and what he's still going to do because he's not going to stop playing? Yeah, somebody, I forget who put it out. It was an interesting note, and I don't know perfectly all the names. Obviously, LeBron and Kareem and Carl Malone. Uh, is, who's, who's next? Who's, who's fourth? Uh, I should know. Doesn't matter. Did you mention Jordan? You got yeah, Kareem, then, LeBron, Jordan, And then there's one Kobe? more. Kobe, yeah. yeah. So... That was inelegantly expressed. But my, the point of the, the tweet was, after you get past, like, number five or whatever, the gap to the next guy is insane. It's like 10,000 yeah. points or something, you know. It just shows what, you know, a rare air they're in, and then LeBron getting past. That's incredible. The king is what we call, it's funny, LeBron's known as, you know, King Jit, right? Right, right. Kareem was the king. That yeah. was what Chick Hearn called him. Yeah, or we, a cap. We, uh, we had talked about it beforehand. I didn't want LeBron to get shortchanged because people love Kareem, especially Lakers fans. I think when they have that dumb argument about who's the best ever, that I get so tired of that. Is that do we have, can we talk about other stuff? Like I feel like those arguments are like, they're just the red meat. To, yep, it's our, uh, bread, it's our bread and butter. Two hours, let's go. Let's, and they're lazy who's topics. Who's the goat? You know? yeah. we, we did it last week with the quarterbacks no, just because I, mean, I have certain opinions. I, but yeah. we didn't, we're not well, going to do it for three quarterbacks hours. And, uh, I'm going Joe Montana then. That, that was that was the debate. Um, I guess my whole thing is is eras as well. Like I yeah, think, I think Montana could play now, no doubt. Hundred percent. They have changed, and I don't agree. I think Dilfer went too far, saying it's yeah. Wasn't that crazy? So easy. It's not was easy. Was he playing to the room? It's not easy at all. Because I heard the room. There was a, like an uproar. I'm like, who is he talking to right now? I don't know. They loved he, it. He's had other good opinions, but um, <laughs> they're not. They're not. No. Always. There's on point. no way to say quarterbacking. <laughs> Whatever the era right. is easy. It's the hardest thing to do in sports, I think, by far. That, I wonder, I, that I, position. I hope he doesn't think coaching is easy because yeah, college football exactly. coaching is pretty tough, especially yeah. for you know former players with 100%. not much experience, and he's trying it. Yeah, so 
we're all over the place, different sports, best of. But no, yeah, I mean, like I said, you could bring in uh, somebody else might say Sammy Boff. You know, like how do we you know? know? Maybe he would translate Norm 70 Van years Rockland, later. Maybe they would. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the other thing on GOAT, and since you said you hate talking about it, so we're going to we're going to stick with it. No, there was an opinion last week on uh, with Stephen A, and it was Mike Francesa, who was trying to get down on Brady a little bit and was like, Brady was at the right place, right time with the right coach. And I'm like, Bill Walsh? And the cast around Joe Montana, it's pretty good. I said the same thing on a different show. pretty good. And I love Joe Montana, and I'm sticking with it. However, having John Taylor and Jerry Rice and a great defense and Bill Walsh and, you know, you got a lot of things going for you. Well, you could also argue the other way, that Belichick was in the right place at the right time with this great quarterback. You know what I mean? That debate will go on forever. (laughs) I I think most of it is never to be answered. I guess maybe that's why it's fun. But I'm just saying it seems incessant. It's just... Oh, really? We're doing that again? Like, okay. Former Rebel quarterback, Kenny Mayne. I'm not in that list. <laughs> former Rebel. You could have been. No. You, you, got well, buried, you got buried on the roster. But people you go somewhere get, else, different people, timing? People, it's true that had I chose a different school, I would have yeah, played more. You would. Um, Sam King was, and, and, and uh, everybody uh, sent one out for Sam King. He's doing better. He had a heart transplant. Oh, wow. Full heart transplant. Yeah, and he's doing great. He's recovered. I just texted him. Um, so my senior year, Sam was a starter. I came back after this injury and played second. A guy named Alan Reynolds was third. Then we had this new kid named Randall Cunningham. Yeah, he was okay. <laughs> and he wasn't ready to play. I mean, he could have. He could have just walked sure. in. But it wasn't necessary that he did so. We already had a system going, and Sam had, you know, beat me out. And he was, the, you know. So uh, Randall, in fact, I'm working with later this week. I'll get to see him. Good deal. We could keep doing GOAT on that one in terms of most naturally oh, talented and quarterback of all time. Why is he not time. in the Hall of Fame? I think he's when, a bit disrespected, when you, underappreciated. When you do those statistical things, and then somebody goes, wait a minute, but he never won a Super Bowl. Or, you know, well, there's other guys in there that didn't win Super Bowls. And his yardage, and and also just how he changed the era, you yep. know. Made, Imagine Randall having RPOs. Oh, my goodness. How would you defend him? Today, with the fewer hits on the quarterback, like, he, he'd be amazing out there. I tell you what, one subject, obviously, with the first time two black starting quarterbacks, we were a little more enlightened in my day because we had Sam ahead of me. We had Randall, you know, redshirting eventually. We had Ogburn up at, at uh, Oregon. We had Clarkson over at San Jose State. Janae Wallace was coming into UNLV. Warren Moon was up at Washington or had just finished. Yeah. So, and I've, I'm leaving out a whole bunch. I'm saying we didn't think it was just he's another guy who's right, really good. Guy. He's playing, and we knew who's black and who's white, but it wasn't like breaking through. It's like, all right, he won the starting job or he's second string or whatever the case was. I mean, Warren went through that. That's why he had to go up to Canada. I'm not saying things were good right. nationwide, and they still aren't. But I, my point is, out west, we were just, whoever whoever starts starts. There was no drama about it, and and that's I'm glad that that was the case. Kenny Mayne is with us. He's working with Caesars. We'll get to some gambling angles here in a second. I just want to say UNLV actually is a top five most diverse student body in the last yeah. like five years of ranking. So something, I, I think that's something to really well, proud of. What's really fun? I love that I went there, and I love my my Dr. Al Paterud in broadcasting. Like you know, passed, he passed away. Um, loved my experience, all of it. Dina Titus, the uh, rep, she was my political science. Is that right? Yeah, because I originally I was going to be. I care more. I still do care more about politics. I can and see that things. sometimes on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't say it before. Now I can <laughs> now say it more like, readily. Now yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, I'm with the resistance. Um, <laughs> and how about the behavior of the Republicans last night at the State of the Union? That was great. Uh, you just want to get those shots out. <laughs> you just sneak it in. Well, Subtle. It's it's crazy. Uh, everything's 
We've lost our down. we've lost our minds. Yes, we've lost our minds. What was the question? Oh, uh, I didn't how much yeah. I loved UNLV. And people oh, that, go, that one. Yeah, yeah. Where'd you go to school? UNLV, and as a and no, it's like I got a good, great education. And like you said, it's the, it's gotten bigger. I spoke to the broadcasting class a couple years ago. Like everything's gotten bigger and better. But I loved what I had when I had it. And also the whole college thing is so overrated about who goes where. When you walk around here, does anybody go, yes, I went to Brown. I went to Clinton, you know. Oh, there's the Syracuse broadcast yeah. table is well, here, so they do that. That's great. That's great. Sorry, but <laughs> no. Sticks in my craw a bit. What, I'm like, oh, the kids are here. Good. What I mean is, like, our daughters, we got one graduate, one's at Boston U, one's at USC, and one's, I got remarried. We had two each, right? One's in high school. But there's so much pressure on kids today to do all these applications and all this tutoring and these essays and try to get here and there. It's like any school, if you yep. do well and, and, and put yourself into it, you're going to thrive from it. The right? only thing that matters, and you know this, yeah, is you, making connections at the school. If, if, if you make friends, then you can start moving up the ladder. You yeah. need connections. You have to have friends. I don't think I did. I didn't have any friends. I just did it. I just. How did, so then how did you break through? I got a job in Seattle right after I got cut. I got cut by the Seahawks. Sam turned down a contract to go up there. Tony Knapp said, you should look at this other guy, me. And Steve Largen is the guy I got to throw to for my tryout. Get like, out of here. That was helpful. Really? So I signed a deal, but I failed the physical because of this. Yeah. Got a TV job like three minutes later. But I was, my first job was to pull apart five-way copy paper. Okay. <laughs> this was back when you used regular typewriter, right? Sure. Five-way director, producer, uh, anchor, other anchor, and teleprompter. Yeah. And then listen to the fire scanner. And, you know, I just kept moving up. And then finally they gave me a chance to be on the air. Then they said, hey, we want you to do sports. Yeah, it wasn't like I knew some guy who went to Syracuse, you know, like, right. I just kind of like put, and I always say the same thing to everybody, be doing something, don't be satisfied with what that is, but work hard at what that is, and just, everybody today can start their own Twitter or Instagram or yeah, their website. There's no barriers to there's getting none. in. In my day, there were three or four TV stations, there was a couple radio stations, local newspapers, if you wanted to be in a certain town. Right. So the options were far fewer, but, you know, we had one phone growing up, we, we did fine. <laughs> One TV had to slap the side of it to watch a program. Yes, yes. The old cable boxes with the buttons and the cord and oh, all that Oh, that stuff. was modern. What are yes, you talking about? I'm that, talking about before uh, that. Yeah, yeah. The, the old knob. And yeah. The, and strips, the hue. Stripping and the knob. You had colors would yell at you. <laughs> We're a little older. That's all right. Uh, Kenny Maney's Prop with us. Prop let's go. Yes, Season yes. Well, I, you know, we got to do We got to do what we got to do. Um, first of all, you, you, this is the first time we've had the Super Bowl in a state where you can bet. So I'm sure you guys are getting a lot of account signups. Obviously, you can sign up. In Nevada, in Las Vegas, Kenny Mane is here with it's, us. You you came up with your own prop, yeah. And actually, it, it, it was around it last, was last year, right? Year, yeah. And didn't didn't it was really not me? Didn't the um, book uh, get destroyed on it too? I wouldn't call it destroyed. I would argue. <laughs> what are you doing, Kenny? If no, if they lost money on the prop that I made up, yeah. While that might be a true fact, they might have also made a bunch of more money because the same people who won that That's might have been other things. But the book doesn't want people to know that there's a, a layered answer there. Right. So, so here's so the answer. So you beat them up with your sure. prop. Just say that. Jim Carr, our researcher, said, hey, what was your longest touchdown pass ever? I said, I didn't remember. Uh, I, I couldn't remember the play hardly. It was 59 yards, but I, I only threw the ball. Yeah, like, I was going to ask, was, was, was it a catch and run? Do you remember Michael Morton? Okay. Chad Morton, Johnny Morton. Yeah, yeah, Michael yeah. Morton, that family, right? I think, um, you know, through the years, they, they were pretty fast. And Michael ran the screen pass and goes 59 yards. So the setup was, hey, in college, I was terrible, but one time I threw a 59-yard pass. Today, do you think, you know, so that right. was the setup. And it was 60-plus. Now, wasn't it Burrow to Higgins, I think, last year? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Yes, yes plus 320, no minus 420. 
Yeah, they they claimed that they brought the number down. Like I, yes, I they had to adjust the price. Destroyed the company. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's but not others. going to. By the way, that's but, not going to happen. Well, well you, one bet is not going to destroy. I'll tell you what. Uh, that's probably true. Yeah. yeah. This quick pick thing is kind of what we've been talking about lately. Yeah. Explain that. Well, a lot of people like to put together a parlay, right? So and so is going to win. Somebody's going to score the first touchdown. Somebody's going to have 200 yards or whatever, right? Right. Caesars is kind of like putting them together for you. It's hey, to you. here's a menu. It's a menu item. That's yeah. all it is. It's a big menu. And you decide which ones you like or don't like, bet for or bet against. But you can make up your own parlays, obviously. Some people like doing it themselves. I like this team to win the under or the over, this guy the first touchdown. You know. Caesars app, download it. One last question, uh, back to UNLV related. You surprised? We were we were talking at the Notre Dame game on the sidelines. It seemed like Arroyo made some progress. Yes. And then they fire him. I, I like Barry Odom, I'll tell you that. No, first I ne- impression I really like. I've liked. never met him. I'm, you know, obviously I'm wishing the program well, no matter who's in charge and, and who's making decisions. I was, um, you know, like I said it that day, I was, I think I wrote, I protest. Like, I really liked what he was doing. I like him individually. They almost made a bowl game this year. They beat Reno, you know, like they did a bunch of stuff that you would think it's close. was was positive and, and, and kind of a stepping stone to whatever's next. But, you know tough out there. All right, Kenny. Appreciate it. All right. Very good. Give you the fist. I, I said before the Super Bowl, no handshakes. I'm, and I just keep shaking hands. I know. I, said, I have no self-control. I'm much more, I think this is a good, it's almost like a closer bond. That feels, it, it did, that did feel good. Because people mess up the handshakes and grab, uh, yeah. like I, oh, I got, I I a, I got three hand. fingers oh. caught yesterday. I was like, I am less than a man. I, make, I just destroyed my hand. I make people do it over. I, we're, <laughs> we're not, lead, that's like if you're working out, you don't end on a drop pass or uh, you, you stop on a good play. It's a terrible handshake. Yeah. Redo it. Shake, shake my damn hand the right way. I'm out of here. Cofield and Company, live on Radio Row, is brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas at the 215 and Rainbow. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live from Radio Row in Arizona. Willie Ramirez, Cofield. Adam Hill is actually here at Radio Row. We're going to talk to Adam here in just a second. He's been uh, hopping on a lot of the interviews, doing some writing, as it gets very quiet later in the day in Phoenix at Radio Row. we uh, actually going to talk a little UNLV football. Uh, just about every week we're going to try to intro you guys to the new assistant coaches under Barry Odom. So we're going to try to track down uh, James Shebest, special teams coach. I love special teams. Big part of the game. Big part of the game. Uh, speaking of UNLV, tonight – UNLV in Wyoming, tough game, and especially after the disappointing loss against Fresno State at home. I mean, at this point, there is no you have to win the game. They're going to have to do really well in the tournament, probably win it now. Uh, or, they, they, I mean, I guess if they ran the table and they finished 11-7 and seven and then got to the finals, maybe their net would be high enough. But they put themselves in a position here where they, they got to win. Uh, 7 o'clock with the pregame with running Rebel warm-up as uh, – John Sandler and Curtis Terry and our guy Danny uh, work in the game tonight, UNLV at Wyoming. All right, Willie, I wanted Adam in because I got some media questions here. Uh, did you see the question of Nick Sirianni, the Eagles coach, where someone asked the question, pretty simple question, which Eagles player would you not allow to date your daughter? So Sirianni, who's actually, I think, gaining a reputation as, I, I think, kind of a curmudgeon and a weenie. And at an event like this, you really can't be a weenie. You're going to get dopey questions. 
he answered, well, my daughter is five years old. And then people jumped on that and are stating that the question was asked about his five-year-old daughter. There's no way the, the, uh, the query was made by a person. The query was made by a person who knew his daughter was five years old. It's a concept. Or you might know she's five. Nobody's, you can still answer it. Nobody think, on planet Earth thinks that question is, which player would you not want to date your daughter right this second being five years old? Nobody on Earth thinks that, except him, I guess. 100%. It's, it's a common phrase. Like, it's something someone would ask me. You know what I mean? Like, it, like hey, uh, you cover the Raiders or the Golden Knights. Like, which one of those guys, if you, you know, it's, it's kind of like a cliche question. The only reason why it comes across as if you're supposed to know it, Sirianni, is because he brings his kids to the press conference. I want to hey, know. By the, the way, I, I by know. the way, I have had no idea he does that. I totally missed it. Right. So that's on number the, one. The, the post game last week. So I was unaware of that until I saw you know a little flack a couple of days ago. Yeah, number one. And number two, who is it that asked that? Because if they have no clue, it's kind of a cliche question because you're ask, you're actually asking it about the players, not about the daughter. So if you don't yeah. realize, then, yeah, I don't think that the reporter in any way, shape, or form meant his five-year-old daughter. None. Yeah. We, also, we also have this, you know, we, we literally ask this question to almost every player in the Raiders locker room. Right. We have it on video. We can, we can, we can do it. The fee- what team – didn't someone do it last year? I forget what team it was and which player, but uh, it was actually it was, no. Uh, they, they asked a question, and then the players, like ninety-five percent of them, named the same player. Where they're like, "No." Well, it was a while ago. Stephon Diggs when he was on Minnesota. It was Diggs. Yeah, and that and it was something and, about your sister. Like, right. would you right. would you not let date your sister? And this and is the same thing. Like, Diggs, Diggs, Diggs. And by the way, a lot of guys, a lot of guys' answers were, "I don't even have a sister." Okay, but you understand the question. Right. If you did, who, right. like everybody understands the hypothetical. I just I right. hate. What I, are we doing? The the feigning of stupidity. By the way, Trayvon Merrick. What was that? Almost everyone's answer said would not let their sister not letting date. Trayvon Merrick date. Right. That's funny. So he's the player. It's funny. Yes. I don't get it. Uh, Maggie Gray the other day, or I had tweeted out earlier in the week after a couple weeks ago after the uh, the championship game in the NFC. I hadn't even seen that post game where Sirianni brought his kids up on stage and Maggie Gray, who does uh, Odyssey now. Uh, was with SI and was with WFAN, said, again, we've gone through this before. Enough with the kids. It's disrespectful. People are working. Willie, where are you on this one? As far as bringing the kids onto the dais? Or a media person saying, cut it out. But she's saying that about coaches or players bringing their kids up to the press conference? Yeah, correct. It's it's really not a place for it, but I mean he's got three. He's bringing three up there. So if she's talking about him, you know, I mean when when uh, Stephon Curry did it, you know, with his daughter, it was cute, you know, whatever. But I mean after a championships won, I don't know. I we got kid reporters coming out for gimmicks. I I I don't necessarily have a problem with it if it becomes disruptive. If you got three kids, though, I mean, there's there's been times where they're disrupting the press conference. And at some point, I guess I see that that side of it. On the other side, I mean, you know, former ace De'Ara Kahambi now with the Sparks. When she brought Amaya, nobody really had a problem with it. It's, it never was disruptive. It was cute, whatever. It was never sidetracked from anybody being able to get their job done. Three kids, and with what he, he's had to tell, talk to his kids during it, it's disruptive. Yeah, it's probably an issue. 
Yeah, it, like I, I don't want to be the you know the media sacred kind of person. I, I don't, and I don't believe that. I think sometimes, as Willie's saying, it's it's fine, but I, I do wonder. You know, like people, I don't think people comprehend that it is somebody's job and somebody's place of employment and somebody's work. And we always put this in terms of like your own work. Like if if whatever your job is out there that's listening, if you're, I don't even know what to. I don't. I don't know what a job would be. Yeah, right. it'd be hard to you know, try to find a comparison. You're, you're a bank. You're a bank teller. Yeah. Whatever. Manager of a bank. And I bring my kids, and I'm like, "Here, kid, talk to the talk to the bank teller here." And the kid's like, "Hey, what? How much money's back there?" And you're like, "Okay, there's a really long line." Right. And, and I'm like, "No, kid, talk to my kid. No, it, this is fun, right? This is cute, right? Talk to my kid." Like, well, there's actually a lot. I'm trying to do my job. Like, no, no, no. Here, here's my kid. Talk to him. I think it is a different perspective then, right. right? I mean, if you if you put it in perspective that somebody's doing their job and you're interfering with them doing their job by doing this, it does change I, the equation. I really don't care about this whole thing because I'm not a deadline writer. You guys are in a different position. Um, but I'm glad we put these two questions together because you'll have the same fans on two different threads say, in the case of Sirianni, Let's have fun. Let's lighten things up. If you're at opening night and let's have fun and ask goofy questions. <laughs> so which is it? Yeah. Is this fun or not? Sirianni can have fun, but the media can't. And by the way, Sirianni is the main subject in both. It's true. Yeah, is it serious or it's not? Because you want to shoot down fun questions, but you want to make a you know a fun joke time. If I go hardcore on this. This would be the same as my judgment of parents who can't control their kids in public. <laughs> yes. I didn't have your kids. All right? You chose to have them. Have them behave. And I'm not saying those kids were misbehaving at the press conference. But I think people who are like 100, 100% about their kids and wherever they want to bring them, they're going to bring them. That says a lot about them. And I also think it's, there's a good chance that the kids are going to turn out a certain way. Yeah, when not, not a, when it's not a guarantee. You take your kids to a restaurant and they're running around and yeah. knocking things over, and you're like, "Hey, what do you want me to do?" The kids, you're like, yeah. "Control them or don't bring them." Yeah, don't Smack have them. them. Yeah, backhand. Oh, yeah, there it is. Willie always, always going old school. Straight up. Let's go. Power slap. Maybe not that hard. No, no, not a power so, slap. We don't have far script in there There's, to catch when, them. Hold, listen, hold the listen. bar behind the back. Let's go. Listen, when I say that, I say it all in in relevance to mm-hmm. age and, and, and as as they get older. You know, a backhand at, you know, whatever, four, five, six isn't gonna be as hard as an eight, nine, and then when they get to the eleven, twelve, you gotta you gotta crack them. You gotta is, crack them. Period. Is, you is, gotta crack them. It is Wednesday night, isn't it? Let's go. Uh oh. <laughs> What's going on here? Oh yeah, the power slap. New power slap episode. Yeah. Power slap. Uh giveaway time. Three six four eleven hundred. Three six four one one Zero zero. We've got Jimmy Buffett tickets. MGM Grand Garden. Two nights coming up. March fourth, March eleventh. Ari will tell you uh, which night you're going to. Ticketmaster.com. Three six four eleven hundred. Jimmy Buffett in town at the beginning of March. MGM Grand Garden Arena. Ticketmaster.com. Two tickets right now. Caller seven. Ari, hook them up. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ, or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Hanging at Radio Row in Arizona, it's Cofield and Company. Getting ready for the Super Bowl with Ramirez, Cofield. we got UNLV basketball tonight on ESPN Las Vegas. 
will announce the winner. Remind me, Willie, will announce the winner of the Jimmy Buffett tickets in just a couple of minutes. Let's get into some UNLV football as we're going to get a chance to uh, meet all the coaches right here on Cofield and Company over the next uh, eight, nine weeks leading up to spring ball and the uh, spring game on April 8th. And James Shebest is the special teams coach. He joins Willie and Cofield. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about you guys? What uh, a beautiful we, day in Vegas today. God, yeah, I'm, a, I'm actually uh, I'm in Phoenix, so it's about 10 degrees warmer, but it's beautiful down here. So you were saying, what do you think about today? Oh, <laughs> it is nice. I'm still waiting for it to warm up just a little bit, but uh, but the weather is is awesome, man. Do you prefer? It, you haven't had you haven't had the summer heat, but do you prefer dry over humid? Because you're a southern guy. <laughs> There's no doubt, dry. Shoot, it's hard to get a sweat right now. Let me tell you. So uh, uh, I grew up in Houston, Texas. So oh, I mean, you're talking about some high humidity. humid country. So, yeah, <laughs> which is totally different, man. But works. Uh, I mean, just exciting. It's a new adventure, you know. And I've never been out west and. And it's pretty cool, so excited about that. So let's start there. You 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 say you're from Houston. We all know about Texas football, right? Clear eyes, full oh, hearts. Yeah. Uh, you come here, and the first order of business is to get out to the local high schools and talk to the coaches, talk to the kids. What is your take on Las Vegas or Southern Nevada high school football? Oh yeah, well it was just awesome that we were able to go by every high school in one day, you know, and we want to, uh, this city has to be the priority first, you know, before we head out. I obviously will have to head out to California, there in Phoenix, Texas and everywhere, but we want to make sure we do a tremendous job here. Number one, just developing great relations with the coaches and, uh, letting them know our doors are always open. here. You know, we got spring practice open for them to, uh, and that's the fun part for us, getting to know the coaches and being around them guys. That way we don't we don't ever miss a, a player out there. Uh, you know, a guy that may be in a year, a developmental guy, that would be a, be a great one. So so that was fun and exciting. It was good to meet some coaches here in the area and learn just a little bit more about, about Las Vegas and, and, you know, where a lot of the top players are. Speaking of James C. Best, special teams coach for UNLV football. Uh, you come from, well, a nice big program, VTech. Was it tough to come from there to a group of five, and what was the deciding factor? What made you want to come here? Well, I mean, I've been asked this a lot. I mean, as far as coming here, I mean, the number one factor was, was obviously Barry Odom and uh, we have talked for a while about working together again. We were at a very similar place uh, at Memphis is where we got close and worked together. And and it, it was the same, you know, Memphis was, you know, struggling at the time. And, and you know, the challenge of that is really what makes it fun and a little bit unique, you know. And, uh, you know, it always starts with who you're working with, you know, to make the job fun. Uh, you know, the hours we put in, you want to, know when you go to work you're you're going to enjoy it too there's going to be tough times we all got to fight through but but the people you're around every day and and them are long hours is, is critical so but i was just talking to barry the other day i said this is this is this is fun because it's going to be a, a challenge to get this thing going and, and we want to get it going immediately 
Well, and with that, for in terms of your area of expertise, um, who's the best special teamer you've coached? So, because I would imagine that that's sort of where you tailor your your expectations to, and what you're oh, looking yeah. for in in special teamers. Oh, no doubt. Well, I mean, if you just look at specialists, I mean, God, I've had a, I've been really fortunate, you know, to have some guys. Joey Slides, you know, I had a Virginia Tech who's now with the Washington Commanders and their starting field goal guy, Jake Elliott, who I had at Memphis and uh, who's been with the Eagles now for, I think, six years. Uh, I've actually coached Jordan Stout, too, for a couple years at, at Virginia Tech that's with the Ravens as a punter uh, right now. So I've had some great – I've had great returners. Darren McFadden, who was a Raider, uh, years ago uh, was a great returner for me, uh, Felix Jones. So I've been blessed, to, you know, to have some good ones. And all them guys, I mean, when you look at specialists, I mean, they they a lot of times we don't think think uh, of them guys as great athletes. But uh, the ones that are really, really good, uh, they are really athletic too. And, and that's what carries over in their opportunities to go on and kick in the NFL at the next level. Once again, speaking to James Shebest, special teams coach for UNLV football. So, for the Rebels, uh, what are you looking for for kickers to replace Daniel Gutierrez? He was quite a kicker, uh, you know, one of the best in the Mountain West, if not the entire West Coast. Um, to replace Daniel Gutierrez, what do you have to do? Well, I mean, uh, you know, we're happy we got Jose in here. Uh, uh, we didn't know if we had enough guys just to compete right now uh, coming into spring. Uh, I'm going to know a lot more. Uh, I know Marshall, our punter, that punted last year for us, um, who was young, um, still has to improve, but does have some talent. Um, pretty, ha- pretty happy with the guys uh, just watching the video from last year with the snapper, Walker Harden, and and a uh, backup, uh, Bobby, that, that's uh, uh, here also. Uh, but I'm going to know it's going to take this spring. The spring for, for me, is, and it's not just the specialists, it's returners, it's coverage people, is a big eval time for me, you know, and uh, to, to see what we have, and, and we may have to adjust some schemes according to what we have right now. Yeah, UNLV finished 50th. I believe uh, in kickoff yard, kickoff return yards, eighty-eight in punt. How important is that, and the emphasis you have to put, obviously, to get the offense in better field position? And, and how do you improve that? Oh yeah, well, you know, number one, our, our job as a whole group, when you talk about all the units, is to help our O and D. You know, and a lot of that's through, you know, field position and what you say, hidden, you know, the hidden yardage and all that, but. You know, it's bringing energy, emotion, enthusiasm uh, to create momentum for our team, too. Uh, obviously, you can do that with big plays, uh, you know, in the return game. Or it could be an unbelievable job uh, of a guy, you know, uh, finishing on a block, you know, that makes a difference in a 10-yard return to a 25-yard return. But just getting the the overall attitude the passion to do these things will be the first challenge for us, and, and it's and it's at all spots, really. That's the voice of special teams coach with UNLV, James Shebest. Got Rebel football spring opening up 
on March 1st. A lot of work to do before that, and we'll get into that. And then the uh, spring game is going to be April 8th. To go back to Willie's question about you know the best that you, you've had over the years, how do you locate, find, maybe even out of high school, guys who are going to be good in coverage, You know those guys who are going down and making tackles and you know all over the punt returner, uh, giving them no room? Like how, how do you read that? How do you know who's going to be good at that? Well, I mean, it's, it's obviously the more athletic you – I mean, these – you're dealing with space on all these units. So the, the more athletic you are, and then if you could add size and length to that, uh, that always helps. I'm a big fan of, of you know, the corners. And, and if we're going to oversight in places, you know, corners, linebackers, uh, safeties, wideouts, running backs, guys that can – can cover kick, they can uh, block on kickoff return and pump return. And so whenever we're eval in other positions, you know, I'm involved with that a little bit as, as far as the special team part of it uh, also. And, you know, it's it's like anything else. If, you, if you're uh, uh, a high-effort guy, uh, you'll have an opportunity to play on, on some of these units. Yeah, I can tell you from a year ago when uh, these guys were healthy, they were two of the best. And uh, one is uh, Devon Walden, who's a local walk-on. He was really good covering punts. I love him. I love yeah, him. I already watched works. him covering punts. Boy, yeah? He's, uh, yeah, he's a good one. And then another one, and I didn't know if he was going to come back because uh, I think he graduated, but he's probably now 23 years old, is a running back in Chad Magyar, who actually had a big role as a running back, I think, in his second year. Uh, and if Chad is around, he's he's actually one of the special teams aces as well. So that, that's nice to walk in and have some experienced guys, you know, to build around along with some of the young guys you brought in. Oh, no doubt. And, uh, uh, you know, that's, you know, coming into spring, we, we kind of started some early morning workout stuff and all that. So it's a good chance for me to kind of put the eyes on the guys and just learn who they are too. You know, we've been out recruiting and, and it's, you know, just just figuring out their names right yeah, now, you yeah. know, and putting putting the name with the face. And because, you know, here in a week or so, we got to at least put a, you know, a tentative, you know, depth chart up for all these units. And, and being able to watch them do a few things will help us with that. And, and to see who strains their body and, and, and does the things that you're going to need to have success on these units. Yeah, I mean, this is – for all the players, you know, most of them, this is going back to, to basics and back to the beginning. You had a certain standing with the old coaching staff, and now, you know, they got to impress. They got to go out and impress. What, what do you tell players on both sides? Like, hey, here's your chance. Maybe if you weren't in the loop with the last coaching staff, what do you tell those guys? And then also, what do you tell the guys who do have experience who might be like, oh my God, I did all this work, I got all this equity, and now I'm starting at the beginning? It's scary. No, it can be, and you know, in most cases, you know, change is good. It's- it's exciting. It's something new. They're learning things that are new. I mean, you can't ever get comfortable uh, in this game with what you've done in the past, and and that's a cool thing. But you know, the experienced guys—they got the advantage. They've been on the field and had a chance to, uh, you know, to go do some things already. And, and there's nothing like experience. I know you mentioned Magyar, and God, I'm glad he's back. I mean, he can do so many things for you. You know. Uh, on these units, and you can tell right off the bat, he's a guy that that believes in it and knows and the importance of it all, and and that's half the battle right there. It's just getting oh, yeah. that sold to your team, and 
that's the thing that I knew, you know, coming here with Coach Odom that that would be dumb because it's, it starts from the, the head man. It goes to the assistant coaches and and to the players and that these units have got to be a difference for us, uh, especially where we're at right now. If it can, you know, I always say there's three games a year you want to look back on that, that special teams had a big part of that win, and, and that's what we got to get to. Hey, last one, Coach. Uh, James Shebest with a special teams coach for the Rebels spring games coming up on April 8th. Um, I know last week after I talked to you for the uh, Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network and the Fox 5 uh, deal with the recruiting class, um, coaches had mentioned, you know, we finally get some time off because you guys have been on the road so much, giving out offers like 190, 200 offers for 24s, 25s, and 26s, finishing off this late signing day period. Did you have a couple of days off? What did you do with your time off? <laughs> I went back to Hot Springs, Arkansas. That's where okay. my family is for, <laughs> okay. for a couple of days. And and it was nice, but, you know, I rested most of the time, to be honest with you. And yeah. I had a good dinner with my wife and my daughter, Jordan. But uh, it was good. You know, when you right now we're kind of commuting back and forth with the, with the family, and that's, that's the toughest thing, you know. Now, obviously, when we're in the season, and you know, working 16 hours a day, it's a little different. But, you know, when you get to come home sometimes at 6 and your family isn't here, boy, you miss them a lot. So uh, we got to make the best of it right now until we kind of figure out what we're doing with that. Yep, building a program takes time. takes a lot of time, and uh, you guys had to rush it. So, hey, we appreciate a couple minutes today, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. We'll see you at some of the uh, spring practices, and that was great. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Go Rebels, and uh, let's get this thing cranked up, baby. Thanks, Coach. Right, thank you. Yeah, Barry Odom thinks he got one of the best special teams coaches in the country. He's worked with him before, and you know I've had multiple conversations with uh, Coach Shebass, and I'm impressed by his philosophies and you know what he's going to try to put in place, especially with the return game, Willie. I mean, it's really important. You can't have block punts. Um, Gutierrez was awesome, so don't take that for granted. The return game numbers, like you said, uh, very ordinary to actually poor. They've got to get something out of that because – We've talked about it before. In the Mountain West Conference, there are programs that have freaking outstanding kickers. You know, guys who are booting the ball through the end zone, never allow returns, great place kickers. Uh, go back a couple of years, your guy Scarver. I mean, that that cha- that game with several <laughs> other games may have cost Marcus Arroyo his job. Yeah. Save they were the better team. The they were the better team. Yep. Willie, they were the better team two years ago against Utah State and wound up losing down the stretch because they got gassed at the end, but in large part because Scarver took one back for a touchdown. I don't know about you. I am re-watching Friday Night Lights. Uh, okay. I'm on my second time through, <laughs> yeah. and just hearing that dude's voice, I want to go have barbecue with him. Cofield and Company is live on Radio Row in Arizona. Brought to you by Spearmint Rhino. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. to get to closing out day three here on Radio Row in Phoenix, getting ready for the Super Bowl. Uh, first of all, I just wanted to drop a couple names, Willie, because uh, Coach Shebest was talking about his new kickers. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, I think their top transfer is Jose Pisano. So he, he just said Jose, but Jose Pisano from Missouri State, who was incredibly accurate the last two years, and they got a transfer in from Fresno State in uh, 
Miano, Miano. Um, I think I'm saying that right. Whatever. I might be a little bit off. I apologize. But those are the two kickers in. They have uh, at least one holdover kicker. Back in the bag. Stick Winner there, of the tickets for Jimmy Buffett was? Art. Art was the winner of the Jimmy Buffett tickets, but not only was he the winner of Jimmy Buffett tickets, but he wanted to remind us disciplining isn't always with the backhand. Sometimes you just need the look. Yep. This, the nice glare. Then you don't have to get a switch or yeah. a belt or a I shoe. Was, I always go back and forth on these kids at sporting event, you know, with the coaches and players, the, the issue. Um I get worked up and I get I, I kind of get down on it and, and judge people for it. I mean, I guess the flip side of it is as a parent, if you're Nick Sirianni, you win the NFC championship, you could look at it like, hey, I want my car, uh, my kids to be part of this. Um, my problem is I don't care. I don't have kids. I never wanted kids. So kids are not my concern. But sometimes I got I to gotta think like a parent. So I'll just say that. I can see both sides. I find them annoying at those functions, but, well, I, find for someone anno- like you, but I find them annoying everywhere. For someone like you, though, you never know what you're going to get for a soundbite. So. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. And I will repeat again, because uh, Maggie Gray complained about this in last week's NFC uh, Championship postgame, and some people responded, well, I guess Maggie doesn't have kids. And it's like, you want to write back, like, what does that mean? Yeah, maybe she doesn't. Or maybe she does. No, but you know what? We all have to. We all have to understand your side of things, right? But you know what she does probably have deadline. Yes. So 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 whoever said that? Well, obviously you don't have deadline. Ooh, that was good. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I like it. Uh, there was a trade forty minutes ago. Maybe not the uh, blockbuster that Lakers fans were hoping for, but the Lakers, the Jazz, the T Wolves finalized a trade. Westbrook is gone. Westbrook is gone. As uh, Utah was supposed to be tanking, it hasn't worked out, but Westbrook has gone to Utah. The, oh, look who's back. And maybe he's a little more mature now. Nice. And cer- certainly adds a nice piece in D'Angelo Russell. Some other players going to the Lakers. And then uh, Mike Connolly goes to Minnesota. So a pretty, pretty big deal. You know, not Kyrie, but pretty big deal. Lakers get more help. Stick your hand in there, Dave. There you go, Willie's like, that's it. That's Moving right. on. I got other stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, are you concerned about Twitter? And I, is there another change now with? Uh, well, first of all, TweetDeck is down. TweetDeck is down. What? Yeah, everybody's complaining now. I happened to do an immediate search, and somebody, and I don't what I don't know what kind of writing, but there are a lot of tweets if you search. The word tweet deck. There are a lot yeah. of tweets with like Asian writing. I don't know if it's Japanese or Chinese, but one had a screenshot of how to go in in English. It was a screenshot, how the instructions to go into your settings. And I've figured out how to pull it back up, but I had to recreate columns. But there are limits. Like you can't 500 messages, direct messages a day, 2,400 tweets per day. Well, I mean, technical follow limit is 400 per day. So there's a lot of limits now. Somebody's complaining that they've reached their limit for following people. There's a, there, in a day? Someone was following 400 different people yeah, in a that, day? Yeah, that, that part I don't understand. I mean, it like sounds it, like this is a way to police bots and yes, just it does. anonymous morons. It does. It does. Um, so, I don't know. I just, as long as TweetDeck, we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll bring, maybe it's, maybe it's a sign for a paywall. I don't know. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Aces finally have a statement on... 
Derek. Nope, not on Derek Hamby. No. Uh, this time it's on the formal investigation. Formal investigation repeated again about what? The Las Vegas Aces are aware of the formal investigation launched today by WNBA regarding Derek Hamby. As an organization whose mission is to support and celebrate the tremendously talented women in our league, we take seriously our responsibility to hold ourselves to the highest professional standards. We have been in contact with league investigators to assist with all information requested and will continue to do so throughout the investigation. Due to the ongoing investigation, the organization will have no further comment at this time. But we don't know about the Soprano-themed pay-for-play. Wow. Impressive stuff. That was quite the read, Willie. I try. Good job, Willie. I appreciate you uh, doing the show today. We're going to be back on Radio Row the next two days. Rebel basketball is coming up in Wyoming. Remember last time around, a couple weeks ago, UNLV took out Wyoming by 14 points, but Wyoming also went crazy from three. Wyoming's beat up, but they can be dangerous. This would be a nice win, a much-needed win to kind of get going in the right direction and get their confidence back.